0: Hey moms, welcome to Grace for a Mom's Heart. This is a short devotional that I do twice a month for moms, and it is... Really, the primary purpose is just to really get into God's Word. I read passages aloud that speak directly to very specific topics. Today is going to be on, does God really provide? But before I dive into that, if you don't know me, I'm married to Daryl. We've been married for 30 years, eight kids, ages 29 down to 15, and six grandkids we've been homeschooling for 24 years and i'm excited because the homeschool conference season is about to take off and i'm going to be in several places this year i will be in indiana in uh, march the end of march i'm going to be speaking at iahe in may i will be in south dakota michigan Orlando and North Carolina. In June, I'm going to be in Richmond, Virginia. And in July, I'm actually going to be in Arizona. I have not been to that one before, and I'm super excited to meet my friends in Arizona. So if you are going to any of those conferences, I'm excited to meet you. I hope we'll be able to connect. I'm going to leave a link in the podcast notes here if you want to check Uh, more details on things I'm going to be talking about and where I'm going to be exactly. But I also want to let you know if you are interested in having me come and speak at whatever homeschool conference you speak at, or not speak at, but you attend, and you would like me to speak at go ahead and let your conference leaders know because I can tell them that I want to be there, but the truth is they really want to hear from you because you are the attendees and you are the parents and you're the ones we're serving. So if you could just let them know, that would be great. So I'm excited to dive into this topic today. We're going to be talking about God's provision. Um, if you've been following my podcast uh, just this week, I put out a podcast with The Humbled Homemaker on ways to save money, because finances can be a real challenge, especially in this day and age and in our culture. So I encourage you to go listen to that if you get a chance to. But fear and doubt can keep us from enjoying the assurance that God can and does take care of us. The enemy loves to use difficult circumstances or simply not knowing God's Word to discourage us and make us feel distanced from God. God can and does take care of us, but it's our job to meditate on what is true about Him and to continually bring our cares before Him, praying for eyes to see where He is, where He is in fact working, because I guarantee you, moms, He is moving and He is working all the time. Keeping the truths of His Word in the forefront of our minds is what helps us continue to believe what's true and to be able to rest and be able to be at peace with trusting him. So I just wanna share before I dive into the provision piece of these uh, verses and passages, I wanna preface this with um, the reason that I've chosen to read the word of God out loud to you. It's because God's word is powerful. God says the scriptures are not just words, they are our very life. I could talk forever, but my words are nothing next to His. This is why the bulk of this podcast, I simply read Scripture out loud. Here's a reminder of what God has to say about the power of His Word. In Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11, it says the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says, "'The word of God is alive and powerful.'" In other words, it's living and it's active. "'It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God.'" Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. Don't you just love that? God's Word gives us discernment. So as I'm reading, I want you to engage your heart with what you're hearing. Believe and know, not just with your head, but with your heart, that it is the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. He also said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, God, that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So the title of this devotion is, Does God Really Provide? And of course, the answer is yes. We aren't just talking about daily sustenance and finances, but so much more than that. God has provided His own Son and salvation through Him. Along with that, we receive freedom from condemnation. This is the best news of all. This is the best provision of all in His own Son, receiving that salvation, but not just not just the chance to go to heaven and to have our sins covered or taken away, really. He says He removes them from us as far as the east is from the west. But we're, we are free from condemnation I think a lot of times as Christians, we forget that piece of it. We still carry this this load that the enemy wants us to carry, that we are freed from. He is called the accuser of the brethren. He loves to heap condemnation on us. And guess what? God has provided us freedom from condemnation. So what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? This is in Romans. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Don't you just love that, moms? We are free from condemnation. You don't need to be under any kind of condemnation. There's a difference between guilt and condemnation. Guilt is a good thing. Guilt is a revealing of something that needs to be addressed by the Lord to help us make changes, to help us be at more peace. God is so good, he loves us so much that the reason he convicts us, and again, the difference is between conviction and condemnation is that when God convicts us, there's a sense of peace that comes with it. When we're under condemnation, there is a heaviness that comes with it. We are not under condemnation. But we can respond in faith to conviction and watch God do mighty and amazing things in our lives, you guys. He want, he is the restorer of things. He is the redeemer of all things. And He has only good for us. So when He convicts us, it's always, always for our good, I want to remind you also that I'm going to leave all of the scripture passage references, all the passages that I'm reading today, I'll leave the references in the podcast notes. If you want to go back in and reread them and do a deeper study, I encourage you to do that. I also encourage you to check out my 31-day devotional called Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. That is on Amazon, and it was written specifically to encourage homeschooling moms. So let's talk about something else that God has provided for us. God has provided freedom from enslavement to finances or to money and assurance of His deep love and willingness to care for us. Let's read from Matthew 6, verses 24 to 34. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Moms, this is Jesus speaking whether you have enough food to drink or enough clothes to wear? Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Don't you love that? I love that because it's saying here It's showing us how very much God cares for. And and Jesus isn't just telling us not to worry. He's giving us the reason why we don't have to worry. And that's more important than anything when we understand the why. And the why is because God is the one who's caring for us. There is nothing in here that is telling us to just be lazy, to not worry about anything. Um, Well, it is telling us not to worry about anything, but to not be diligent, to not pay attention to the important things, to not prioritize, to not be a a good worker, to not be productive. It's not saying any of those things. It's saying not to worry, not to fret. When we understand that God cares for us and we're walking in relationship with Him understanding that He knows all of our needs, and then doing as it says in verse 33, seeking first the kingdom of God. So we're pursuing our relationship with Him. We're going to Him for wisdom because here is the bottom line. He has given us this life, our families, our children, our spouses, our finances, our homes, this homeschooling that we're doing. Maybe some of us have a part-time job or a ministry, God has given those things, they come from him. We are called to be good stewards of those things because ultimately they are gifts from him. They are originally his, they all belong to him, our finances belong to him. We are called to be good stewards. And so we do that by seeking first the kingdom of God above and beyond, you know, before anything else. And as we do that and walk in righteousness and in obedience to what God's calling us to do, he gives us everything we need. And we don't have to borrow trouble from tomorrow or the next day or next week or next year. We can simply engage in the moment and do the next thing that God is calling us to do what's another thing that God has provided for us? Well, Jesus. Jesus, He's given us His Son, but Jesus intercedes for us to the Father on our behalf. So so God has provided an intercessor. If you've never heard that word before, it's someone who stands in the gap for someone else, if you've ever heard of intercessory prayer, it's when you stand in the gap for prayer for someone else. Guess what? Jesus does that for us all the time. Every minute of every day, He is continually lifting our needs to God for us. The Holy Spirit also intercedes for us. Now, I forgot to go and look up those verses, but I guarantee you, if you Google the Holy Spirit intercession or the Holy Spirit interceding, the verses will come up. And I will try to actually include them in the podcast notes as well. But we have to understand that the Holy Spirit and Jesus are interceding for us all the time. So, you know, the fact that we're not praying all the time, every minute of every day, God's got us covered because Jesus is interceding on our behalf and he provides continual presence and help. In Hebrews 12, 5 and 6, This is the New International Version. It says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I find that an interesting passage because it's it's telling us that we can be free from the love of money, There's another verse that says the love of money is the root of all evil. It causes us to do things that we shouldn't do. And as we learned earlier in the passage that I read previously, is that we cannot serve two masters. We will be enslaved to one and hate the other. Um, We need to be content with what we have and trust God to meet our needs because He says, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. There's the why again. Why can we keep our lives free? You know, He's telling us, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Here's why. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. His continual presence is guaranteed. And then it goes on to say, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do? to me. I think about the ways that we worry about what other people think of us, of how much we have or don't have, whether we have that, that, that certain car or there's a certain thing, or even that certain look on Instagram that says we're successful. But here, what's it saying the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? We care far too much what other people think, and we need to start rejoicing in the fact that we serve a risen Savior who is present with us and meeting our needs and is continually our helper. And you know what we talk about that idea of being content and I know that a lot of people struggle with that and we all struggle with contentment it's not always with money or things sometimes it's contentment with being the mom that we are in other words um I mean obviously god's going to be calling us to be continually being redeemed and transformed as we walk out motherhood and we walk out homeschooling. He's sanctifying us. So yes, we are. We should be asking him to help us to grow in certain areas. But at the same time, we can be content in that process, because God is faithful, He is so gracious. He takes what little we feel like we have to offer and He makes it enough. He does. I remember as we were, uh, when our kids were younger, and we were just doing this simple version of homeschooling that God brought me back to over and over and over again. And I would ask Him, Lord, are you sure this is enough? And He would always say to me, you forget that you don't work in in the world's economy. You're working in my economy. God's economy is an economy of miracles. In other words, He's saying, look at the loaves and the fishes, that story in the Bible. The boy brought what he had. Jesus blessed it, and He made it more than enough. It wasn't just barely enough. There was copious amounts of leftovers, moms, this is so true in motherhood and in homeschooling. God has made you to be the mom of these kids. Don't let the enemy get in there and start accusing you. Don't let him start telling you um, or heaping loads of condemnation on you that... um, that you're somehow not going to be enough. I can tell you this, we're not enough, but God is. If, if, if we were trying to do this on our own, it would be one thing, but we're not. We're doing this with the Savior of our souls and the creator of the universe and the creator of our children and the creator of us, He knows us, He understands us, and He will give us wisdom along the way. And with that in mind, I can tell you that He provides us with the ability to be content. Trust God to fill in where you feel like you're lacking. He's so faithful. Years ago, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I've heard that verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, so many times, but I've never actually read it in context. Well, guess what? When I went back to read the context of that statement that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, lo and behold, guess what I found out? It was about contentment. So that's why I can tell you with all confidence that he provides the ability to be content. Based on this, Philippians 4:11 to 13, this is the new international version. I am not saying this. This is Paul speaking because I am in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want I can do all of this through him who gives me the strength do you hear that? he's telling us We can be content in all circumstances. God has called you to be doing what you're doing. He does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Rest in Him, moms. Be content. Understand that everything in your life is serving a purpose. God is using your present circumstances in the lives of your children to prepare them for what He has for them. And only He knows what that is going to look like. He gives us everything we need for this. Now listen to this, 1 Peter 1 verses 3 and 4. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Do you hear what he's saying there? We can walk in godliness, because we share in his divine nature. We can escape the world's corruption caused by human desires because he has enabled us to share in his divine nature. He's put his very nature into us. In John 10, verses 7 through 10, we see that God also provides a rich and satisfying life. In the King James Version, it says, I have come to give you life and give it more abundantly. Here's what he's saying. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me shall be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose, he's talking about the enemy here, is to steal, to kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In the King James Version, it says, I have come to give them life and give it more abundantly good. God has an abundant life for us. Jesus is the only way to that life. God also provides constant care and freedom to not worry. We already talked about this once in that other passage earlier in Matthew, but it's repeated, the same story is repeated in Luke, and I'm going to read that to you as well. Because each of the, the um, Gospels provide just sort of a little different perspective, a little different wording on the same story. So sometimes we can get a, a fresh vision or a fresh perspective on that particular principle or passage by reading it in, a, in, in one of the other Gospels. So we are told not to worry. But again, what helps us to actually do that is to know why we don't have to worry. Luke 12, 22 to 32, then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if you And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying about bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, and yet Solomon and all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and He will give you everything you need. And I love the ending, the way Luke worded this. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Isn't that That's such a beautiful picture. God's kingdom brought to earth in and through us through because of Jesus, because of this divine nature, we actually bring a piece of the kingdom to earth through the power of Jesus. And we get to do that, you guys, every day in the lives of our kids. What a testimony to them. When they see us living out a real and active relationship with God, we show them that He is real, that He is authentic, that He is powerful, powerful enough to meet us in our everyday. We can walk that out before our kids. And if you're homeschooling, you have multiple opportunities throughout the day to do just that. I encourage you to do that. Grab those kids when we're done here with this devotional and sing praises to God. Pray together over your day. Talk to them about what a good God He is. Go outside into nature. Show them what He has created. The beautiful things. Moms, bring God, bring His kingdom to your children today. Then Jesus goes on in verse 33 to give us permission to be focused on the kingdom of God and eternal purposes instead of focused on worry. He says, sell your possessions and give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." In Proverbs, it says, to guard your heart, for out of it flow the wellsprings of life. Excuse me. Life flows out of our hearts. It's important that we guard them. It is important that we guard, help our children guard their hearts. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Also, So God is saying here, it's okay to surrender these things that have us so wound up and worried and instead to focus on the kingdom of God because as we focus on the kingdom, and I've said this before in other podcasts and devotionals, as we are moving toward Him, seeking His kingdom and keeping our eyes on Him, All, so many of these things that we worry about just fall off to the wayside. I love that song that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. God provides peace. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Wow wow, you guys, this is amazing. We don't have to worry about anything. There are no exceptions. He doesn't say don't worry about anything, but it's okay to worry about a few of these things. No, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know, sometimes I am so burdened with so many things, I don't even have the words. I have no words. So, if you are in that place, I encourage you that it is okay for you to just sit and be quiet before the Lord. Ask Him, Lord, give me the eyes to see what I should pray for, how I should pray for all the things that are on my heart. Bring each thing to the surface, show me how to pray for it. Sometimes we assume that we know what the answer is to the problem that we're bringing before the Lord. And maybe we don't. Hmm, there's a thought. Maybe we don't. Maybe we need to ask God for wisdom on how to pray for these things. I'll take what I call a truth walk. Um, It's not only great exercise. I go for a walk in nature and I talk to the Lord. And a lot of times when I'm feeling like I just described where I'm really heavy, and I don't know how to pray. I don't even feel like praying. I will instead be quiet for a while and, or I will begin to talk to God about who he is. I start talking about his faithfulness, um, thanking him for things, recognizing who he is, what the word says he is. I'll start any scriptures that come to mind that reveal the truth about who God is and who I am in Him, I pray those. And as I begin to do that, God gives me eyes and a heart, eyes to see how to pray and a heart to pray for those things that have been burdening me. So Um, I hope that's helpful because I know that that has just been a real blessing to me. So I call that my truth walk. I am out reminding myself of the truth of who God is and the truth of who I am in Him. Because, you know, the bottom line is when we lay these things before the Lord, we tell Him what we need, we thank Him for all He has done, as it says in this verse, to do, it says, "Then you will experience God's peace, and this peace exceeds anything we can understand." Other other versions say, um, "It's not. It's not something the world's ever going to be able to offer us. It is um, it transcends all human understanding. That's a peace you cannot get anywhere else. No amount of of thinking it through and trying to figure things out." is going to get you that peace. You might have peace temporarily, but this is lasting, deep peace. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Another thing that I wanted to address is I know that sometimes we feel like we can't get out of temptation, that there's no way out. We're, We're tempted to yell at our kids. We're tempted to um, be disrespectful to our husbands or we're tempted to uh, swear. And we just, we know it's not right, but that temptation is just there and it feels insurmountable. Well, God also provides a way out for every temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13 is the verse I'm going to be reading, and I'm going to read it in two translations, the New International Version and the New Living Translation, because they both kind of um, come at it from just slightly different perspectives. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The New Living Translation says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. So there is no temptation, first of all, that no one else has faced. Our temptations are nothing new. That's good to know that we're not alone, right? But what's even better to know is that God is faithful and he does not allow the temptation to be more than we can stand. He says he will provide a way out. What does that mean? I believe it means we're to stop and pray, Lord, help me out of this temptation. Or if temptation is catching you by surprise throughout the day, make sure you're praying about it. in, in the mornings, first thing before you step into your day, God, help me with this. Show me the way out. Sometimes we are doing things that are leading us. We're leading ourselves toward that temptation and not realizing it. And God wants us to make a tweak or a change that will help us not give in to that temptation anymore. So there you go. God provides a way out for every temptation. The other thing that I also want to point out to you, this is very, very important. Jesus was tempted in all ways, just as we are, yet was without sin. So we have this great high priest that intercedes for us. As I mentioned earlier, he's praying for us all the time. But not only is he praying for us, he's actually experienced it, you guys. He's been there he knows what it feel like feels like he sympathizes with it and he is there to help he resisted every temptation he took he he took on every temptation and overcame it so that when we give in to temptation you know obviously god's saying he gives us a way out but we all know we're human we may mess up again right but we don't have to fret, there is forgiveness because Jesus has overcome all of those temptations for us. He has forgiven us, His blood covers it, He's walked it out, He's conquered it, we are free from condemnation. But he sympathizes with us and he wants to help us find a way out. In fact, it says he will provide a way out, or in the New Living Translation, he will show you a way out so that you can endure without giving in. Jesus provides a very important gift. You ready for this gift? This is the final passage that I'm going to be reading to you. And it has just been a recent favorite of mine. John 14, 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is the gift, is a gift the world cannot give. There it is again. Something the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I'm going to read that again. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Isn't that interesting? I think sometimes we reach out to the world for a certain kind of peace, um, and then we get it, but it doesn't last, and we become troubled and afraid because we feel like we can't Ever gain that kind of peace that we really, really want and need? Jesus is saying, Don't be troubled or afraid because it comes from me. It comes from Him. And it is a gift. What is a gift? A gift by its very nature, first of all, can't be earned. Second of all, not only can't be earned, it has to be received. When someone gives a gift to someone and they never unwrap it, what good is that? What good does it do the recipient if they never unwrap the gift? This is a gift. We can ask God to show us how to receive peace of mind and heart from Him today. And the last thing I want to share is that that word peace is one that I shared in the last devotional, and it is the word shalom. And if you don't know what the word shalom means, um, you might remember if you listened to the last devotional I shared on um, finding peace, um, giving uh, God, that was the last devotional as I talked about um, God giving peace. So if you want to hear more on that more verses on that, you can go to that podcast. But this is what I shared at the beginning of it. It's the definition, the meaning of the word shalom. So, when Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, peace is shalom, and this is what it means. So think about that verse and that specific word and that gift with this in mind. It signifies a sense of well being and harmony both within and without, completeness, wholeness, peace, health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord, a state of calm without anxiety or stress." The root meaning of shalom is to be whole or sound, and this leads to translations that speak of the completeness, the wholeness, and the well-being. Shalom also includes the idea of vigor and vitality in all dimensions of life. In short, shalom speaks of holistic health for our souls and spirits. Another word for it is a large embracing word for the good that comes to the one God favors. God favors us. We belong to Him. Jesus made us to find favor before God. He sees us as sinless and pure and holy, just like He sees Jesus. That's what Jesus gave us by dying um, the death on the cross and rising again. He conquered sin and death, and now we have favor before God. Shalom means much more than the the ceasing of violence and hostility. There's a considerable difference between peace and a truce. It is a It is glorious good news that Jehovah is peace. The idea behind the word shalom is wholeness and harmony in relationship with God. Peace is the deepest desire and need of the human heart. When you find yourself wondering where is the blessing of God's presence in your life, you have to remember that He is Jehovah shalom. He desires to bring peace if you will simply turn to Him. God is the God who provides. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Lord, we thank you for this time today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. Our provider. God, I pray for every mom who's listening right now, whatever area she is feeling there's a lack, where she doesn't have peace of mind and heart, where she's worrying and fretting. God, I pray that your peace that passes all understanding would just flood through her right now and through the word that has been shared. God, I pray that you would equip each and every mom, as I know that you are willing to do, each and every mom who's listening, strengthen her, help her in her weakness, Lord, to find your strength. God, that you would be made powerful in her life, that she would be inspired and encouraged today, and that she would go forth sharing the truth of who you are with her children, with her spouse, with whoever she comes into contact with today. Lord, may her face just glow with the love of Christ, with the peace that only you can give, Lord. Thank you, God, for being our provider. In Jesus' name, amen.